0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell O'Gaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word, in Jesus' mighty name. Say a good amen. Amen. Right. So, we've been talking about dreams and visions, and we've established a couple of things. I, I want to appeal to you, by the mercies of God, get a hold of these teachings and listen to them over and over again, until you understand Uh, the truths contained therein. Praise God. Uh, I'm to read a testimony this morning. Just a moment. Who is that? Uh, Yeah, give give me my phone. Quickly from the office. I plan to read a testimony, so maybe I'll read it at the end. But let's... let's, uh, So get a hold of these teachings, listen to them over and over again. Um... To come to a place of understanding, because some of the things we're teaching here go maybe a little bit contrary to what is popularly taught. So uh, hearing them once will not establish truth, because you've heard some kind of things over the years. So those things you've heard actually are the things that have built stronghold. So you have to, you have to, you know, they are concrete. Like eating in the dream is a bad thing, right? So I'm going to give you three scriptures to show you today that eating in the dream actually is initiated by God, right? So you have to break them and so that you come to a place uh, of understanding where that is concerned, all right? So let's, um, let's go to First Samuel chapter 28, First uh, Samuel chapter 28 and verse 15. First Samuel twenty eight fifteen. Praise God. First Samuel twenty eight fifteen. Okay. Let's go on. Where, where did we look at your notes? Show me where we where we stopped. Uh, we talked about three sources of dreams, right? So we talked about God, right? Then we talked about Satan, and then we did establish very importantly that there is no in scriptures where you would see Satan give people dreams. You can't find it. Right? There is no verse of scripture where you would see that Satan gave someone a dream. No. But we said, because man is spirit, soul, and body. How many of you understand that? The soul of man is made up of what? The will, the intellect, the emotions. Right? And if that mind is not renewed, Satan can use that to do what? To bring dreams because the whole world lieth in wickedness. Did we establish that? Okay. Now that's very important. That's very important because we attribute a lot of things to Satan and that brings fear in our hearts and immediately there is fear. What happens? Satan can now do what? Destroy. Because what Satan used to destroy is what? Fear. Everybody say fear. Fear. Now that word fear and faith is important, and we established from Timothy that the Lord has not given us the what spirit of fear. So fear is a spirit. Don't just say it's fear. No, no, no. It's a spirit. Now uh, let's read something quickly. Hebrews two fifteen. Let's we'll come back to First Samuel. Hebrews two fifteen. Very important. Hebrews chapter two and verse fifteen. That's very, very, very important. Hebrews two fifteen. Look at this. It says, verse 14 says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, talking about us, he himself, talking about Jesus, likewise also partook of the same, which means that Jesus came in the flesh, and that through death, he might render powerless. Now, this verse of scripture is very important. Please pay attention to this. This is one, you know, I've done a series on overcoming the devil. How many of you were here when I taught that? overcoming the devil. And I made a statement that we're not fighting, in quotes, a powerful devil, but a what? Deceptive devil. So deception is a product of knowledge, right? Deception is a product of knowledge. So if you look at this verse of scripture, the Bible says that he might render powerless. So that means that uh, Satan has been rendered powerless. It says, render him powerless who have the, who had, past tense, the power of death. That is the devil. So, it identifies to us in this verse that the one who had, past tense, had, past tense, had, past tense, the power of death was the devil. And through Jesus' death, he rendered him powerless. Now, why? Verse 15. And might free those, talking about us, who through what? Fear of what? Death. Now, how does the fear of death come into the hearts of men? By the spirit of fear. Once the spirit of fear is ejected into your heart, then the fear of death is what? Is established. Are we together? Are we together? Alright. Now, it says... And my free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Remember, the book of Romans says we've not been given the spirit of slavery anymore, but of what? Adoption as sons, so we can cry what? Abba Father. So you can see that what the devil plays on is fear. Then we read Second Corinthians. Come with me to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter ten. That's why it's good to go through your notes. Before you come to church. Because then I spent 10 minutes talking about what we talked about last week. And that's 10 minutes out of today's word. 2 Corinthians 10. Uh, go to verse 5. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 4. Thank you Lord. Verse 4. Verse 4 says. Um, verse 3 says. For though we walk in the flesh. That means we are in the flesh. As human beings. We do not war according to the flesh. So our war is not according to the flesh, right? <laughs> you know, I've always said this when people pray that people should die so that they can get victory, the only person you succeed in killing is the flesh. The spirit is still there. Spirits don't die. Okay. I know you never thought of it before. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. But divinely powerful for destruction of fortresses. And I explained this. We are destroying what? Speculations. Everybody says speculations. Next verse, please. Who is there? Speculations. We're destroying speculations. And every lofty thing raised ag- up against the word knowledge of God. This is our warfare. It's a mind warfare. It's spiritual. The spiritual warfare is, is a mind thing. Right? And we're taking every what? Thoughts, captive to what? To the obedience of what? Of Christ. So it talks about thoughts, speculations, strongholds. The word stronghold in the King James is the word fortress in the New American Standard Bible. What is it talking about? Knowledge. Knowledge. So we take the Word of God. I usually do not really teach from the message translation. But it's very interesting in the message translation. Let's read it from the message. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 quickly, if you can. Let's read it from the message translation. It's quite interesting. The tools of our trade are not for marketing or manipulation. It says, but they are for demolish, demolishing that entirely massively corrupt culture. Next verse. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of the life shaped by Christ. Now, Dr. Dana Carson, a theologian, talked about the, the six cultures that affect the gospel. Pay attention. First of all, it's called the Romanization of the gospel, that talking about Rome. You know, as the gospel began to come... Uh, a lot of things were taken from Rome. A lot of Roman culture began to get into the gospel. Then he talked about the Europeanization of the gospel. This is especially when, um, this especially when the the gospel began to get, thank you, the gospel began to get into Europe. Then the westernization of the gospel and the Americanization of the gospel. You know, so, um, (laughs) but, right now, what we're battling with is the Africanization of the gospel. That's what we're battling with right now. I'm telling you, that's what we're battling with right now. We have brought African culture, just as Europeans brought their culture into the gospel, Rome brought their culture into the gospel, we have read we have read African magic into the Bible. I'm telling you. You know, a young man that I was mentoring posted something last week. About, you know, our warfare, the kingdom of God suffered violence, violence, take it by force. So I called him. I said, what, is, what, did, what, did, what have you just posted? What does that scripture talk about? The kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violence taken it by force. What does it mean? He said, It's not an easy matter. What is not an easy matter? <laughs> The scripture is clear. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violence is by. what was the Bible saying? The message of the kingdom came through John the Baptist. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees would not allow people to get into the kingdom. From that day until now, if you wanted to get into the kingdom, you had to force your way into it had nothing to do with, you know, Matthew was not thinking about your grandmother when he wrote that scripture. He didn't know that you existed. And we have to be careful because there's a lot of Africanization in the gospel that is not Bible. That's why you will even hear people say African demons are very strong. It's a foolish statement to be made from the altar. It reduces the blood of Jesus. It reduces the work of Christ on Calvary. We must not allow uh, our colonial mentality and economic situations to affect our interpretation of the scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise the name of the Lord. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 15. We're going to look at some things now. Source of dreams. So today we're dealing with yourself. You are one person who can initiate dreams. Okay? So 1 Samuel 28. And I know we had something. We had... A discussion last Sunday that we didn't finish. <laughs> First Samuel 28. Thank you, Lord. Verse 15. These are the things Paul warned Timothy of. He said, Old wives' fables. First Samuel 28, verse 15. Paul says... Uh, sorry, I said Paul. Uh, scripture says, Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I'm greatly distressed for the feelings things that war against me. Look at this. And God has departed from me, look at this, and no longer answers me, either through prophets or by dreams. So, he, so we establish that God can speak to people through dreams. He says, hey, either true prophets or dreams, God hasn't spoken to me. That's why, you know, I'm trying to conjure your spirit. So, I, I wanted to just give you that verse of scripture. Now, there was something I was saying last Sunday that I said I didn't say. And uh, you guys said I said it How many of you remember? Yeah, yeah. I listened to it again, I said it So you are correct (laughs) I I said it so I will read where I said it from Matthew chapter 1 I have to listen to the message again So that I will not be falsely accused So you are correct So it's Matthew chapter 1 okay, Uh, Verse 20 But I want to point out something to you from here Verse 19, Matthew 1, Matthew 1, 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. This was when they found out that uh, Mary was pregnant. Found with the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. But when he had, pay attention, considered, considered. That word is important. That word considered in the Greek means to reflect on. Pay attention. Reflect on, to think, To ponder. It appears nine times in the New Testament. It means to revolve thoroughly in your mind, to reflect, to ponder, to think. Now, pay attention. He didn't say anything. How many of you know (laughs) if your wife came and said she was pregnant and you say, who? 'Cause you know you are not in the country. And now says Holy Spirit. <laughs> the way this man is laughing. <laughs> right? How many of you know you are going to ponder? <laughs> How many of you know what, what the process of pondering will be? Eh? What will I do? What what will I say to people? You know, that's it. So so your mind, pay attention, your mind is actively working and even working out the solutions. Now look at this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. So that's where you were correct. For he will save his people from their sin. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Okay. Behold, the virgin shall be with the child and shall bear his son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Look at verse 24. And Joseph awoke from his sleep. So, now, pay attention. When you read that verse, because of the way the scripture is written, you might not really be conscious that all this interaction of the angel to Joseph was in a dream. Hello? Hello? But the scripture says, and Joseph awoke from his sleep. So it tells us that this whole interaction of Joseph was in a dream. Now, this is my point. What initiated that dream? He was pondering on something. But in this case, because God was involved in the matter he was pondering in, God had to give him a dream. Now, if God was not involved, that pondering will elicit or will draw a dream either from Satan or from his mind. Are, are you following this? That is why your renewed mind is your greatest asset to direction. That's why when you are thinking of marrying somebody, live dream. Because immediately you fall in love with that person. It, the girl will be sweeping your house every night. In the She will be a wife material. <laughs> it can be God. It can be you. It can be Satan who wants to destroy you. I don't know. You have to find out. But listen, your renewed mind is important. Are, are you following this now? Come on, are you following this? I, say amen if you're here. Okay. Now, I told you one time that... I, I've told you before, that our club was losing matches a lot, right? It so was just, all the records. Oh, God forgive that coach, wherever he is now. <laughs> broke all the records. You just hear, ah, they, these people have not won in this stadium since 90. 90- oh, 62, they have won. I was so angry one particular match. We went 3-0, oh, 3-1, 3-2, 3-3. Ah, then 4-3. That night, I was in a dream. I've never been to UK in my life never gone to london that night i went to where they were training held the captain by the neck and warned him yeah so was that dream from god no what was it from my pondering are you hearing what i'm saying so that's why it's very important don't don't try to even interpret a dream that god has not given to you some dreams you just know that this is my mind and a lot of people, that's why I've said it before, I don't watch certain movies, I don't take a look at it, because I want to keep my mind very sensitive to the things that God wants to show to me, because certain times there can be some deposit of some things in your mind that replay. Now let me show you something. Uh, Isaiah 28. Let me, I, I've always told you, you must see things in both the Old and the New Testament. Are you here? Isaiah 28. So one of the things you, you want to do is... Walk on your mind. Renew your mind. First Samuel. I said Isaiah. 28. 29 and verse 8. Isaiah. Renew your mind. <laughs> hmm? What you do. What you think about late at night. Before you go to bed is important. Very, very important. Some of you are in long distance relationship. You spend the last Two hours of your, of your night before you go to bed with call. Oh, I miss you. Oh, I can't wait for you to be with me. I can't wait. Oh, two hours. And uh, later you now dream. That you don't say <laughs> Satan is attacking you. No. Satan is not attacking you. Your dreams are a reflection of the things you're pondering on. How many of you have ever listened to messages before, right? Maybe you were listening to a message before you slept. Praise God. Then, in the night, it's as if you were in the hall seated and the man was preaching. Right? What happened? So, you've you've got to watch this. It's very important. Now, Isaiah 29 and verse 8 says something. It says, it will be as when a hungry man dreams, and behold, he is eating. Why why will he hunger? Because that's how he went to bed. Some of you are eating it in the dream because of hunger. Satan did not even pass your area that day. They were attacking somewhere else. But much hunger. And that's the only place you can eat chicken. <laughs> but when he awakens, his hunger is not satisfied. So this tells us that that hunger can induce a dream. Are you following what I'm saying? Hunger. Hunger can induce dream. That's why he realized that in, uh, Peter was hungry. They were making food. And when he went up to sleep, it bit just to rest before the food was ready. He, he slept and God says, kill and eat. Hunger. Are you following this now? All right or as when a thirsty man dreams and behold he is drinking but when he awakens behold he is faint and his thirst is not quenched god's talking about the reality that our mind can affect what we dream about and so man has the capacity to cause dreams so you must first of all identify, is this dream from God? Is it God speaking to me or is it just my mind? That's why sometimes when people bring their dreams for me to interpret, I, I first of all ask them, what are you thinking about? Because if you're thinking about something consistently, what's going to happen? Those images are going to form dreams. Are you still there? Revelation 10, 19. Let me show you something. Okay, we're in the Old Testament. Just go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel is close by. Go to Ezekiel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel chapter... Chapter 3, verse 1. Ezekiel 3, verse 1. Then he said to me, God was speaking to Ezekiel, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. Now, let me just ask you a simple question. Without an understanding of this teaching, without an understanding of the things we've been going through, if you were to be given a book in a dream to eat, What's going to happen to your mind when you wake up? (laughs) Right? I mean, fear is going to come in. Right? Because what you've learned is that if you eat anything in the dream, there is attack. You are are correct. I've heard the message is long enough. It's attack. Let me tell you something. And pay attention to what I'm saying. This is very serious. The reason a lot of believers who get sick sometimes don't get healed when they are prayed for Is, and let me tell you this, and you have to watch this. Immediately you think that a sickness that is on you is a spiritual attack, no amount of medicine will work on you. That's why a lot of believers die because of that wrong teaching. Because immediately you believe this sickness is an attack, it removes the power of any medicine. Let them fly you abroad. Medicine will not work on your body again. Your heart and your belief is stronger than anything you put on the inside. It's what comes out of a man that defiles him. That's why we need to be big against these teachings because they're killing a lot of people. And that's why some believers don't even refuse medicine. So this one is not, not normal. Nothing stops you from praying and trusting God while you're receiving treatment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. So, so I opened my mouth <laughs> and he fed me this crow. He said to me, Son of man, feed your stomach and fill your body with this crow which I'm giving you. Then I ate it and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. Can you imagine God feeding people books in the dream? New Testament. Revelation, chapter 10. Revelation, chapter 10. It's important. Revelation, chapter 10 and verse 19. No. Uh, 9. Revelation 10, 9. Sorry. So, I went to the little angel. Verse 8 says, Then the voice which I heard from heaven, I heard again speaking with me and saying, Go take the book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel, telling him to give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And in my mouth it was sweet as honey. And when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. Case of Peter. So we find cases in the scripture where God gave people scrolls to eat in the dream. because it, it meant something. Now, if I, as I'm here, Max Ologargar, eat in the dream, I would get up and I would not even think twice about it. So I say, yeah, but somebody ate and after they ate, something happened to them. Yes, because of how they've been taught. Praise the name of the Lord. Because of how they've been taught. So there are certain dreams you will hear, you would receive, sorry, you will not just pay any attention to it. And I'm going to, show you the Lord helping us how to identify dreams from God. You know, I was telling Pastor Mary, I had a dream this, this, um, this morning when I got up. Of course, it was just a dream. There was nothing, I was no prayer about if In fact, I was angry about something else in the dream. That's why I even told her. So, in this dream, I had like an accident and I was taken out of the front car. You know, so some guys helped to pull me out. So, when they pulled me out, they were now asking me for like money to like... ah. Uh, you know, we're the ones that helped you give us something. So I was so angry that, ah, you guys helped somebody and you are still begging. So I just threw the money angrily and woke up. So when I got up, I was just telling her that the way we have raised ourselves in this society, that can you imagine people were begging me money? That was what was consigned me in that dream. It, that was my anger. Uh, did you pray that the accident would not happen? No. Was it from God? No. Was it from Satan? No. Was it from, I don't know. I was just angry that they were collecting my money. That was just my pain did I pray about there? Was no outer of fear, there was nothing, nothing to bind, nothing to destroy, nothing to plead the blood. There was nothing. If it was something God wanted me to pray about, this is what's gonna happen. I will feel something on my inside. as say, pray about this, take authority over this. You know why? Immediately I subject myself to the fear of this dream for the next day, my brother. Bicycle accident, we borrow accident. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Immediately you give the devil foothold. You will not sleep everywhere you sleep. (laughs) Even when you're on the bed, you will fall. Domestic accident. And some of you just give the devil. uh, uh, How do I? You just let him play with you. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, a dream, that God, a dream that God is using to warn you about the future, when you get up, the first thing you will see is a sense and a burden of intercession. You go into prayer. Not fear and intercession. That you know, oh, oh, God is warning me against something. Are you following what I'm trying to say? Because, you see, the spirit world is very light. Let me use that word. You can pick up signals. It could be a movie you've watched. It could be a discussion you've heard. A lot of things can play on your mind. So, you need to be able to identify because I've told you before, God does not lead believers primarily by dreams. So, this is not a series to amplify dreams rather to do what? To clarify. Let's read a couple of things about this. Um, I will read some things in Jeremiah. But let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 5. and verse 7. Praise God. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 7. 5, five three, and 5 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. <laughs> and uh, that's why your mind needs to be renewed. Chapter 5 and verse 3. For the dream comes through much effort. And the voice of a fool through many words. The multitude of business, multitude of effort. A dream comes through much effort. So you can elicit dreams. You can force dreams. Things you do can make you have dreams. I, I told you before, early days in ministry, uh, I used to watch Pastor Bennington. Then he was pastor of Orlando Christian Center in Florida. And you know, Dan Bennington would preach you know, in crusades with his white suit. Just some amazing meetings. Every time I had a dream that God had called me, I would be preaching in crusades. Every time. Now, I'm not an evangelist by calling him. I, I'm a Bible teacher. But because of that, you know, love I had for Benny him watching him consistently, watching him constantly, that always played out in my dreams. Right? But as I began to mature and as I began to understand the word and study the word and grow into maturity, those dreams stopped. Now, it's not, it's not that... Um, God has not called me. I just was having those dreams because of the person in code that I was following. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So your your business, your activity, what you get involved with a lot will affect your dreams. And so it's not even every dream you have that ought to be interpreted. Some dreams you just know, oh, it's my multitude of business or it's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just what I was thinking about. Because your mind will have a way to replay those things. Okay, person. For in many dreams and in many words, there is emptiness. Rather fear God. <laughs> now, let me just simplify this. You're going to have multitude of dreams come to you in your life. The key thing about life is your walk with God, your fear of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So dreams are going to be multiplied. There's going to be a lot of dreams. You're going to have a lot of dreams. And I said this to you last Sunday. You realize that when you were going out with your wife or your girlfriend before you got married, you were always seeing her in the dream. When rain is falling, she'll come give you an umbrella. You know, when you're hungry, she'll give you one slice of bread. Do you remember that immediately you got married, those dreams stopped? Why? Because your mind was no longer thinking of her as someone distant you needed to bring closer. She was now by you. Even if you see her in dream now, that you are mind, you will ask her, "What is that that you are appearing in my dream? What? What did I do to you? Did I offend you? <laughs> you, you what has happened? Your mind. Do you, you, you understand what I'm saying? So you've got to be very careful of this. I've seen people going to ministry just by dreams, and that's not safe. Oh, every time I dream, I'm carrying the Bible. Every time I dream, I'm carrying the Bible. Your passion can elicit that dream. So, the greatest test of any dream is the inward witness. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you on your inside? Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Are you still here? Alright. Now, let's see a few things about dreams from Jeremiah, quickly. And then I just want to talk about how to know if a dream is from God. Jeremiah 14, 14. Do you have the Living Bible? Can you give give that to me? Living Bible or NLT if you have that. Jeremiah chapter 14 verse 14. Then the Lord said, "These prophets are telling lies in my name. I did not send them or tell them to speak. I did not give them any messages. They prophesy of visions and revelations they have never seen or heard. They speak foolishness made up in their own lying hearts." What, what I want you to pick there is the word lying heart, which means that the state of your heart will affect the visions you see. That's why if you don't like someone, you will always find that they are the ones beating you or stealing from you in the dream. It's your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, oh, this person, this person does not like me. I'm always seeing his face. In the dream he's always pursuing me. Check your heart. What's your heart condition towards that person? So your heart can induce vision. That's why the greatest safety for the believer is to act on the word and walk on the word. As you act and walk on the word, it purifies your heart. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Okay, now, come with me to... uh, Give give me the New American Standard Bible, that, that version, that last line. It says, and the deception of their own mind. He says, the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying falsehood in my name. I have neither set them nor commanded them nor spoken to them. They are prophesying to you of false vision, divination, futility, and the deception of their own minds. So your mind is critical to how you pick things in the realm of the spirit. That's why you've got to renew your mind. That's why you have to renew your mind. God can speak to you through dreams and revelations, but it's also important that your mind is renewed. You can have powerful directions. In fact, one of the most, let me just say this very quickly, just a practical example. One of the most powerful directions I've ever heard in ministry came through a dream. Very short vision. It was, in fact, till date, is the most miraculous trip I have ever taken out of this country. And I'll tell you, we were then I was studying the Ponaco Church so, I'll finish preaching here and go in the evening to go and preach. So, that particular Sunday, I think I did a couple of things. I was really tired, slept all through in the boat. I think in the boat I was preparing, working on my message, but I was really tired. So, I got in and usually they'll just, I'll just go to the hotel, just change up and, you know, go preach in church. And I just lay down on my bed, not to 10, 15 minutes. I just had like this vision, this dream just came very quickly. Uh, I, uh, Bishop Kid Butler uh, pastor of Word of Faith Church in Michigan the U.S. came into my room laid hands on me, spoke words just prayed over me and you know it was just and short impartation I know that, so I woke up so I think I, I spoke to my wife about it and then I spoke to a friend of mine about it and I was like oh God what is this and I felt like yeah maybe God wanted me to just pay a, a bit of attention to his ministry or something So, and then uh, I told my friend about it but it was really strong, it was really good then, three days later, my friend calls me and says, You know that dream you told, you told me about? Uh, I think God wants you to attend this conference in the US. I'm like, Okay, fine, no problem. So, I mean, just, I just felt, yeah, that was, maybe I should attend. So I went online and found out this was May third week. I found out that he had a conference in June, June, maybe third week, thereabouts. So I just dropped a message that, oh, there's a conference in June, but this is too close. I don't have the ticket. I don't have money for accommodation. I had a U.S. visa. And um, so I will plan for next year. So I just told myself I'll plan for next year. That's how I work. Planning works for me. So I just said I'll plan for next year. And uh, two days later, he calls me back and says, We're in morning devotion today. And the Lord says we should pay your ticket. So interesting. They sent me a ticket to go for the meeting. Okay? So I'm like, Okay where will I see money for accommodation? And I was talking to someone after service, and um, I just said, yeah, I think I'll be in the U.S. this period to attend a meeting. And the person just looks up, looks up to me and says, uh, told me and said, uh, do you have a dumb account? I said, yes. Yeah. So I have $1,000 a, a that I'm really not using now. just like to sew, sew it towards the trip. <laughs> I said, okay. So sends me 1000 The person puts $1,000 in my account. This is where my problem was. I never take any step without telling my father. If I go preach anywhere, he knows. Some of you in camp, you know. Anywhere I preach, whatever honor I'm giving, I, I'm accountable to him. The problem I now had is, how will I tell my father that I'm traveling to the U.S.? That was my problem. So I called one of my cousins. I said, see, I've not told pastor. I've not told Dad that I'm traveling. And there's tickets, there's money for accommodation. He said, if it is God, just tell him. So I just called him. I said, then, I had a dream. Something happened... And I think I need to go to the U.S. for a call. He just said, "Um, okay, yeah, it's fine, you can go. I mean, that was the greatest miracle. It wasn't the ticket. Because if dad had said, I think you've traveled too much, don't travel, I won't go. So he he allowed me. And I'm not saying something that uh, I was a small child then, talking of 2020, just the year before COVID. So, I mean, I went for that meeting, flew in, got into U.S., attended the meeting. Now pay attention. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story, but I won't tell you that some dreams are also valid way of God leading. So I got into the conference the first day. I had booked Uber from my hotel to the conference center, but then I didn't have internet. So I was looking for internet to be able to just get, a, uh, get my vehicle back to the hotel. Then I just met this lady. She was just there. So I was like, um, I need to get get it? taxi back. I don't have internet. I was really very polite and diplomatic because I didn't want to see them like, you know, you are begging. So I explained myself and he just turned and said, oh, there's, uh, this guy stays along that side, da 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 connected me to a guy I called Uncle Gilbert an, an older man who works in the Partners Department of Bishop Kidd. And the man started driving me every day. You take me to the conference, take me back. Take me to the conference, take me back. The last day of the conference, they had a special dinner for pastors that had come from all over the world with Bishop Kid Butler. Of course, even though I've come from all over the world, I was not invited. (laughs) You know, it's in this part of the world that when you see people gather, you say, let me go and check. Then you now use emotions. I came from Farsa. I want to see the man of God. You know there. Before they will now announce your name on screen. So I just sat. Of course, I couldn't go. I wasn't invited. Nobody sent me. Then this lady just walks up to me and says, you came from Nigeria, right? Oh, Bishop Kit Butler has preached in Lagos. You need to meet him. You need to meet him. Holds my hand straight to meet Bishop Kit. But in fact, I was not prepared for that meeting. So when they asked me, when he was asking me some, the first two three minutes, my mind was blank. This was Bishop Kit. Like I've made it. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like so, the guy was. I, 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 I. In fact, I didn't. You know. So I mean, so he just called. He just prayed for me, and, and that was it. Now, you can see how God did all that. That is the one trip I did not spend in time. This was the most interesting thing. I was to fly out on Friday night, and then I felt in my spirit I should attend service. Okay, my flight was to get on Sunday because of distance. I felt I should attend service on Sunday, so I moved my flight to Monday. I sat in the service, attended the service. Uncle Gilbert was somewhere there, you know, and then there was a lady, the church is quite large, there's a lady i have never met before for a long while, maybe like in the last six, seven months. And she's like, oh, bye. we're sitting in the same room. Say, oh, this is our friend from Nigeria. He came for the meeting. Can we have lunch together? Do you want to have lunch? I say, why will I not have lunch? What am I doing <laughs> with my life if I will not have lunch? Lunch, here we come. So we went. We sat. We sat having lunch. And this lady looks up to me and says, you know what? I've been praying for three years for God to send a man from Africa for me to be of a blessing to their life. I didn't want to give to any organization. I wanted to hand the money to the person. So in my heart, I say I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> the lady, so she writes out a check for $1,000. So I said, I'm traveling tomorrow. I can't cash check. I don't have you as an account. She like said, okay, what do we do? Okay, Before you get to the airport, we'll try and get cash to you. She goes home. In the night, the Lord tells her, give him $1,500, not 1000 She comes back in the morning, gives me $1,500. Heading to the airport, Uncle Gibrat says while we were sleeping yesterday, God spoke to us to give you $1,500. I come back with $3,000. I didn't preach. I didn't do anything. That, that incident in my life have been one incident that have shocked me. How did I get it? a dream? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's how that whole meeting was sorted out. And I hope everything was paid for. Now, what I'm trying to say is God still, in this day, can give you a clear direction in your life through what? Amen. Through dreams. Now, that day, I wasn't thinking about Bishop Kid Butler. I wasn't thinking about the American flag. I had not washed. Do you understand? My mind was plain and clear. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright. So, let's read some, some, uh, some things in Jeremiah 23, quickly. Jeremiah twenty three, verse twenty five. Jeremiah twenty three twenty five. I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesied falsely in my name, saying, I had a dream. I had a dream. How long is there anything in the hearts of the prophets who prophesied falsehoods? Even this prophet of the deception of their own heart, deception of their own heart. Please pay attention to that. Who intend to make me, my people forget my name by their dreams? which they relate to one another, just as their fathers forgot my name because of Baal. The prophet who has a dream may relate his dream. But let him who has my word speak my word in truth. What does straw have in common with grain? So when he says, it's not my word like fire, that's where that verse came from, the next verse. The truth of the matter is that God was saying, listen, these prophets are just prophesying and just having dreams out of the deception of their heart to lead my people away from me. And that's one thing I'll talk about very quickly about dreams that you know are from God. Next Sunday, I'll just look a bit into interpretation, so let me go quickly. One of the things to know that a dream is not from God is that it draws you away from God. draws your faith from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, if you see the dream I just narrated, at the end of everything, my faith is more established in God. Are you hearing what I say? My faith is not even in the bishop in that sense. It's not leading me to idolatry. It's not leading me to a man. It's more in the fact that man, God can provide. Man, God can, can care for someone. Are you, are you following this now? Now, go to, let's still read. If you go to verse 32 of Jeremiah 23, it says, Behold, I'm against those who have prophesied false dreams. Declares the Lord and related them and led my people astray by their falsehood and reckless boasting yet I did not send them or command them nor do they furnish these people the slightest benefit alright now go to Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1 to 2 so that's why when the Bible talks about renewing your mind it's very important you're setting your mind up to receive instructions from the spirit of God God wants to guide you Behold, I make no Zechariah are you there? That's Jeremiah, Zechariah chapter um, ten, and verse one to two, and ask rain from the Lord at the time of the spring rain. The Lord who makes the storm cloudy and He will give them showers of rain, vegetation in the field to each man. Verse two, please. For the teraphim speaks iniquity and the diviner see lying visions and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore, the people wander like sheep. They are afflicted because there is no shepherd. It talks about false dreams. Dreams that come from their heart. And the effect in these people is that these people are not comforted. They are not. It's like you have a dream. And people, you know, I remember <laughs> early days when we started a church, a woman came to me and said, Pastor, I had a dream. I said, what? Well, oh, I was eating in the dream, and every time I eat in the dream, my business goes down. So I said, let him give, the, so I got water. So I think she thought I wanted to pray on the water. So I gave it to her. So she drank. She said, eh? I said, no, when people finish eating the, <laughs> the drink water? <laughs> you know, that singular action I did just nullified massive fear. You know, she's never thought about it, that when you finish eating, you should drink water. You know, that thing was a breakthrough for her. Ancient spring. Somebody say, pastor. Every time, listen, that's where your authority comes in. In the name of Jesus, I will dream this dream again and nothing will happen. You are the one in charge. No dreams. Why is it? Why are you quick to believe evil? You bought a car in the dream. You, you are still riding bicycle. Then, they flood during the dream. You got up with sickness. Why didn't you get up with a car? Your mind is more trained to believe evil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's the point. The point is your mind. Renew your mind by the word. You got a job in the dream. Now you are still unemployed. Then in the dream, you already had a job. They pushed you from the door. They sacked you. Which one? Which one has greater effort? Employment in the dream, or the, so, because of the way people have been taught, their faith is active in evil. I just told you a dream I just had. Was there any other fear? No fear. I even related to Pastor May. She did even say, Ah, my husband, let us pray. Over. Hey, Jesus. Why? I mean, it, it, it can't happen. You I hear mean, what I'm saying? So, if your mind is renewed, the devil or your mind will not use dreams to lead you away from God. Lead you in fear. Unnecessary prayer. Waking up at midnight. Eh? Praying with your eyes open. You know, we've heard all kinds of things. I'm prophesying with my eyes open. As I'm talking to you, God is talking to me in my left ear. So God now knows we are right and left. And we have just said in the realm of the Spirit, there is no barrier. You know, our doctrines are conflicting. And you better watch it. So you don't bring your life into bondage. How do you know a dream is from God? You know? So false dreams gives rise to all manner of prophetic warfare and all kinds of stuff going on. How do I know a dream is from God? Ultimate test. 1 Corinthians 14.3 Ultimate test. 1 Corinthians 14.3 How do I know a dream is from God? But one who prophesies speaks to men for what? Everyone, are we here? Let's look up the board. Number one, speaks to men for what? Edification. Everybody say edification. Come on, everybody say edification. Exhortation consolation. Every dream from God will carry these three things. It will edify, it will exhort or it will do what? It will console. Now, exhortation can contain warning. Right? Exhortation can contain warning. Because when you're warning someone, when you're talking to your child and you can exhort them and warn them and say, hey, right? don't walk with you know, bad people. That's an exhortation. The dreams from God, first of all, will edify, it will build you just like the one I had, built me up. Built me up for an impartation. Built me up for the purposes of God. And you can see exhortation, consolation or comfort. Right? So even in, let me say this, let me go quickly because of our time. Even in warning, there is redemption. Even if God is bringing you a dream where there is death, let me just say that, there will be redemption. We read that in Genesis chapter 20 verse 3. When God told Abimelech, you are a dead man. He says, but take Sarah, return her, let this man pray for you. What happened? There's redemption. So it's like when God tells them in the Old Testament, this will happen to you, that will happen to you, that will happen to you. Then God will say, but if you repent. Listen to me. It's not the will of God for any to perish. So even if God gives you a dream, a warning dream, what's going to happen? There must be redemption there must be redemption. Because God doesn't want you to die. God doesn't want you to be punished for your sin. So he will warn you. He will give you that opportunity for redemption. The next thing is that God wants to save man from destruction. So your dreams will save you from destruction. I would explain more about this uh, on Sunday when, I talked about, when I'll talk about the purpose of dreams and the interpretation of dreams. So Job 33 verse 14 to 18. he says... God wants to divert man from the pit of destruction. So it's not like God wants to destroy you. He wants to divert you from the pit of destruction. God does not send the spirit of fear. So the dreams that are coming from God will not put fear in your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just like your dream I had, if it is something God wants me to pray about, a burden of intercession will come to take authority over it. Okay? So God doesn't want you to live in that fear world. Five things that you must pick. Number one, every dream that is from God will agree with scriptures. God will not give you a dream against the written word. You will not have a dream that God says you should marry another wife. You are not David. It is not not consistent with what? New Testament, scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that is why if you don't know scriptures, you will not know a dream that is from God. So the first thing is put your heart... In the word. So it will agree with scripture. Number two, it will carry the character of God. Every dream that is from God will carry the character of God. What's the character of God? Love, peace, joy. You know, just the awesome nature of God. A dream from God will carry that nature. It will bear good fruits. I just explained the dream that I had with Bishop Kate and everything. It bore good fruit. It bore good fruit. It bore good fruit. It'll bear good fruit. A dream from God will point to Jesus. I'm going to give you three tests. It will point to Jesus. It will point to the redemptive work of God. Now let's talk about very quickly three tests. Three tests or dreams. The scripture test. The scripture test. Number one, the scripture test. I've said this before, but I want to say it again. The scripture test. A dream from God will not violate what he has already revealed in scripture. Every dream from God will confirm what God had already revealed in scriptures. Praise the name of the Lord. So, scriptures is what form the basis of the dreams scripture from the basis. Okay, so the Bible is the way we test dreams. The fruit test, the fruit test, the fruit of the spirit is love, Galatians 5, 22, 23, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. A dream from God will never direct you to hate someone. A dream from God will never direct you to hate someone. Why? Because hatred is not the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? So, when you see a dream, you know, a lot of people have amassed enemies for themselves because of dreams. See, I dreamt. I saw this person. He held Cain. You cut the person off. I dreamt. You know that if the enemy knows that for every dream you dream that somebody held king, you, you now feel the people are against you. You know what he will just do? Every night, someone, every night, at the end of the day, you will be isolated. No relationship, nothing. Before you know, you have become so wicked. Because you can't explain to people why you are not talking to them. And some of you just just believe everything you see. Say, I was in a dream. You now did me like this. Say, yeah, I just told myself, I have to be careful. To be full it will be forearmed. You will now start giving yourself proverbs for iniquity and wickedness. And you're a Christian. You have like 16 people you don't greet because you have 16 crazy dreams. And some out of hunger and some out of excessive movie When you have watched about wicked mother-in-laws for a long time. So every time you see your mother-in-law, she's just shining her eye at you. you say, every time, you just be looking at me. Don't be looking at me. Even in the dream, I tell you, close your eyes. Eye. It's too much movie. Too much African movie. You already have You know, you have already entered marriage with the mindset that you will not be loved. How do you do that? There are things God wants to do with your life. Why are you always seeing your mother-in-law in in your dream? What is wrong with your heart? Ask yourself. When you constantly ask yourself, what is in my heart that is attracting this image? God is not showing you your future. He's not showing you your destiny. He's not showing you your purpose. He's not showing you what he wants to do. You are always dreaming of old women, old women, old women, old women. What is in your heart? What is attracting? Because of what you hear and what you watch. Forgetting that one day you will dream, you'll be old also and people will dream about you. And <laughs> you stop sending you money because you're old. You know, we've almost taught a gospel where every old person is suspicious. And it's bad. It's bad. It's not scripture. Are you still here? The Jesus test. In Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 18, God gives keys to recognizing true and false revelation. When discerning the source of a dream, this is the main question. Does this revelation point us to, go, to any other God other than Jesus? Is he pointing us to a man? Is he pointing us to a prophet? Or is he pointing us to Christ? God wants to reveal himself to you. Praise the name of the Lord. The, the Revelation 19.10 it says the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. Was this a blessing to you? I didn't hear that. Was this a blessing to you? Alright. So let's, um, let's pray. And we trust God next Sunday we're going to look at interpretation and the purposes of dreams. Father we thank you. We ask that these words be engraved in our hearts. And we pray that we'll be established in this truth. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, while we're getting our offerings ready, I want to read a testimony that came in from someone yesterday. Uh, So just listen while you're getting your offerings ready. It says, Good evening, my trust, you're fine. Uh, It was sent to Pastor Mary, actually. The person is not a member of the church, but follows our teachings. Last year, I had a series of burrows all over my body, causing me serious discomfort. I went to the hospital to run a test. The doctor said it was parasitic infection. I was given drugs and antibiotics, but it still continued. I felt so ashamed to wear skirts or clothes that exposed my leg, because my legs were always sore and swollen because of the boils. I took another test in May this year, but the results showed that I was okay. The next step was to take fluid from the well and examine them. I was tired of going back and forth with it. I was always in pains from boils. There was no month. It did not come out in different places. Even when I put on leggings, the swelling would be visible. It scared my body. It scared my body.